Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Woogie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health. But it's not just mental health. Um, it's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Wargy here, but more often than not we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but... More often than anything, it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we're more about people and stories. So, welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. This is a part two episode. Oi, oi. We are back <laughs> with She Supreme. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Jenna. How's it going? Hello. Right. Hi, guys. Hello. Thank you for coming on again. <laughs> Thank you for having us back. <laughs> Jen and I always speak in unison, but never the same word. <laughs> I thought, I thought that we, we we kind of touched on some really lovely stuff last time, but it'd be really good to know, I think, if on this one, um, just, you know, find out a lot more about what you guys do and the sort of areas you explore within She Supreme, I think, and then how that feeds into sort of our mental health conversations and stuff. I think that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah, <That's cool. laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so you want us just to go into, uh, I guess, the premise behind She Supreme. And uh, yeah, so I think uh, Tracy and I were talking about this the other day. Um, and we were sort of going into, um, yeah, I guess uh, the motives behind it in our in our heart to heart. And uh, we we just felt like there needed to be more space to sort of celebrate mm. excellent women of women of color, especially um queer folk sort of the under celebrated people out there or mm. underrepresented um 
just uh, I think from our own personal experiences, we were just sort of seeing in our own workplaces, you know, mm. marginalized people not getting celebrated enough. So we thought to hell with it. Let's bring in people who we think are really, really stellar and did some magical things despite all the systemic barriers. So, yeah, so far we've had uh, an amazing group of people that we've spoken to. Um, Lee was our first guest, uh, Lee Butts. Um, who's a good friend of uh, Tracy's? Uh, Tracy, if you want to go through, yeah, go you know, yeah, these, all of they're, these they're friends from uh, from London. Actually, um, we met through mutual friends, and they started a, a company. They went to Oxford, and then they started a company in Germany, which was basically about future cities. It's called District, um, and I, I mean, they kind of just catalyst from there, and we've seen them grow like over. The last they made three years invited to all these huge conferences their their company is doing incredibly just a huge huge role model and someone who i mean speaks to a narrative i mean so basically lee was um when i when i met lee they were a lesbian and then had recently come out as non-binary so changed the pronouns Uh to they and them Mm -hmm. um which is super interesting uh it's super interesting to have a friend who who you know transitions to different pronouns because you have to sort of reframe the language you use and that, yeah, that's yeah. really yeah it's it's something that i haven't experienced before i don't have any friends who i've met before they they made the change so that's been like a really interesting journey for them and seeing how um as a ceo of a company how the rest of the company um, received that and also because they work largely in like future cities it's very real estate heavy which is um predominantly you know hetero heterosexual white men <laughs> and yeah, seeing yeah. them yeah. like older guys like <laughs> seeing them like struggle with the pronouns that was super interesting yeah yeah and i think one of the one of the things that was really stand out from what lee was saying was that they encountered a lot more openness than they were expecting some you know very older white men sort of just speaking to them about like okay what sort of pronoun should i should i use uh just out of interest can you explain this um not explain yourself to me but just uh i'd love to learn more about this topic just so i know more and i can approach it better which is really really wonderful to see people like opening up to you know not just dismiss something because it's different to what they know they're Mm -hmm. they're open to inquiring and sort Mm. of expanding their horizons um but yeah lee was was one of our amazing guests and we've also had um kenny ethan jones Mm. oh yeah kenny ethan jones trans activist model Mm. entrepreneur dog dad Um, kenny kenny was um the face of a menstruation campaign in the i mean i think it was international but it was really big in the uk so i think you probably would recognize him if you saw it but it was super interesting like um, men with periods and things like that, which was he was the right. first um, to to come out like that, which was really cool. Uh, and then we spoke to Rag- Raga. Yeah, Raga, who, who is now a director at a big time agency here mm. in London. So here's to getting uh, promoted. <laughs> yeah. Raga. Um, and Raga has a really cool sort of work background. She's Afro Arabic and um, she's born in Tokyo. Of, born in Tokyo. Oh wow! Really? <laughs> That's amazing. And 
Uh, she is just like she. We were we were talking about this on the podcast, and um, she just traveled all around as a kid, and her family are from like the four corners of the world. You know, something that Tracy and I identify with. Yeah. So it was really cool to have her on the show to sort of talk about like where is home exactly when home has been everywhere. Yeah. Um, also, yeah. we spoke to. I mean, there's this woman named Anna who Jenna actually studies with at uh, London School of Economics. And Anna, Anna is super interesting because she's kind of oh. like the Carrie Bradshaw of the Philippines. So she's the sex writer. <laughs> oh, really? But what's cool about her is like she she does the sort of GQ thing, but she also does um, like activism. Like so, basically writing about sex through activism and like you know child brides and sex trafficking and all this sort of um, mm. crazy stuff that you know politically um, divisive as well, especially coming from the Philippines. So she's really, you know, breaking barriers. But she had um, a child when she was 24 and was married and, and the, the traditional Catholic thing. And then decided at one point she woke up and just thought, I'm not happy. And then she got divorced, um, raised the child alone and um, continued her career. And then at like 40, 41, I think she said she is now, decided she would sign up for um, a master's in, in gender and sexuality, which is where Jenna met her. And she just moved yeah. to London to do this grad, grad degree. And she was just talking about how you don't often see the modeling of women who are, you know, over 40 that, that, you know, give you this lease on life. Like your life isn't over. You haven't just like yeah. decided your path. You can actually continue to grow and change and all of the different, um, mm. the different paths that you can have available to you. If you're just interested in, in trying something new, which I think we don't see exactly. a lot of. Exactly. Like cool. she is just a, a testament. Cause I think there's, Oh my God, there's so much pressure, whether whether you're man, woman, mm. non-binary, wherever you fall in the gender spectrum, there's so much pressure to have a certain job by a certain age, mm. have 1.5 children, be married, have yeah. a mortgage, yeah. settle, da, 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 da. settle down. Meanwhile, mm. she's yeah. like in London, still like writing her sexual experiences um, and like yeah. getting on the apps and like a whole reinvention of self, which I think is fabulous. Mm. Yeah, totally. And like, uh, yeah, she's just like done all of these incredible things in her life, just sort of like, you know, she's written her own story and sort of like tackled everything in her own time. And she's like, fierce, very fierce. Yeah. So, um, Let me speak um, to Anu. You just got oh, blown away oh, yeah. by that, don't you? Like, this is why I like doing this podcast, because you talk to people <laughs> and their stories are amazing. And it, it's just like blows <laughs> you away. And you would just never get to hear it otherwise. So it's just so great hearing, like, just talking to people about these amazing stories of their lives. And, mm. and like, that kind of idea of hope as well. You know, yeah, you're 40, but you've still got, you're only half, you, you know, you're probably not even halfway through. seriously. We've spoken to some great people. Sometimes we feel like we're not honored, uh, not honored. We're not worthy. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's true. It's like, you know, we, we see ourselves as if we, you know you're asked at like 15 like what do you want to be when you're older you have this very like linear projection of self but we live like a dynamic life where we reinvent ourselves every few years often our friendship groups you know change every five years you're surrounded by different people and you're sort of a different person every every so often you know the decades really are changing who you are so there's no reason that you should sort of conform to to this perceived self that you dreamt up when you were 20. I I think that's a really a really good Um, point it's, uh... Are you trying to break up with me, Tracy? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> you you get you get new friends every Friday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this time a, is, is this a message? <laughs> I I, th- I think it's really true actually because I found myself like through, yeah, when I was younger, you you always thought that 
you, the people you're around are the ones forever, and mm. and then you, you, you soon realise that sort of toxic relationships appear, and or or you just change as a person, and your expectancy of like of the day to day switches from the person around you, and that's not a bad thing. And I think as you get older, you actually tend to ride with it a bit more, and therefore gravitate to people that are on those same vibes. I think, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely you know yeah, like totally. yeah, I think it's when you get a bit older, you kind of know yourself a little better. Yeah, and course, I think that's yeah. why people make big changes because they kind of like the person that they were trying to be is mm. not necessarily the person who they really are. So then they're like, yeah. no, I'm going to be me now. Mm. Now, because like, you feel more confident. Don't and you? I think if you then put part, yeah. pull that into the context of the fact that if you're, you know, you're, you're deciding to make the, a big, a, one of the biggest changes in your life is to change your gender or change how others, your, your perception, uh, your out, outward perception to other people. I mean, as a CEO, I, I can't... It's difficult enough having the, the perception of being the boss, right? So to then, to then be like, well, this is also my, uh, my, my new, my, the new version of me and how, and how, you, how you must, not must, but how you should change around people is, is a challenge in itself. Yeah. It's a bit easier. Yeah, yeah of course. And, and with Lee, like, they started, they were CEO when they identified as, you know, a, a lesbian woman. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Young also, they they founded the company when they were like 22 or something. Yeah. So already getting, you know, your your um self taken seriously. Yeah. Uh it's hard and then to change your pronouns as well and to continue that like mm. professionalism I think is quite it's quite a challenge. Mm. Yeah. I think yeah, I think it, it sure. can also but but uh, what what my experience with some of my friends and and as well it sort of it it's enabled sort of the the sort of the gender pay gap situation, which has always been a thing, it's like slowly, surely that should start to become a complete fuckery because it, <laughs> if, yeah. if you if you can't actually if 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 someone's gender is so now specific to them as a person and not just a, an assumption, then how could you possibly tie a pay bracket to it or or what someone's job should be? And it's and it's doing fucking massive things for it, for for the economy, I think as well. So it's it's. So, so multifaceted, it's, it's going up. Completely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think people are really sort of interrogating um, normalized gender mm. roles, like the, the woman stays home yeah. and rears the child, and that's it for her career. Yeah, right. I mean, um, yeah, and c- clearly we know that like doesn't mm. work. No. So, and maybe the uh, man wants to stay home and take care exactly, of the Exactly. You know? 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and sure. also when it comes to the gender pay gap, you also see a lot of it is about self-limitation. Like, yes, there is systemic like changes and issues, of course, mm-hmm. when it comes to hiring or whatever. But ultimately, women are much more apologetic in nature, and you often see women will if if we are like, you know, ninety percent qualified for a role, we'll think, oh, but we're not one hundred percent qualified, so yeah. we shouldn't apply. We don't have a space right. there. Whereas yeah. you see men tend to be like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Like, I've got half the things, like, maybe maybe I'll get lucky or maybe I, like, I can put myself in the race and let's see how it goes. And, you know, if we are able to dismantle those, like, gender norms and that, that gendered thinking, then also that will allow for us to, to equalize the, the pay gap. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and even, uh, I guess, the big topic of imposter syndrome, like yeah. so many yeah. women or marginalized groups just generally are sort of, their confidence is like beaten out of them from a young age, yeah, um, you know, told not to do certain things, they're told not to wear certain things, they're not smart enough, they don't belong. You know, if, if somebody says something to you enough, you're going to believe them whether or not yeah. it's true. So... Um, I think there's a lot of like um, scrutiny we need to sort of uh, place on like developmental issues as well as it relates mm. to gender ID. I think that's really an interesting thing that maybe we yeah, should so look true. at. Yeah, so true. Yeah, it needs time. to go right back, doesn't it? We need to go right back to you know how how we nurture children and how yeah, they get started. Exactly, education it, is so yeah, important. It, if you can't told... really fix people when they're no. past the points. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. We're just broken. We're just broken. They're just babies, you know, mm. and they're so impressionable. Yeah, we have to have to nurture the babies and tell them they're great. I, th- exactly. I think. I think what's been sort of, especially in the UK, like in in sort of suburban towns and stuff, though, you notice that there's a. I mean, I might have touched on this in the previous episode of ours, but there is a, certainly a fear factor within sort of satellite communities of th- anything that's different. And unfortunately, that then does bleed into their children, and and it's yeah. and it's 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 quite it's it's exactly. synonymous with racism. It's it's always, always has been in suburban white towns in the UK, right? And yeah. like the, the, it, the back back in like what was it the early eighties, late seventies? They they nicknamed it the Great White Flight, that everybody sort of left left inner London, and let it, it left diversity, and then all went to sort of Essex and Kent, effectively. Um, <laughs> which which I mean, that there is truth in in it that, that obviously people. Um, they ladder climb, so therefore they can afford bigger properties outside of London, and that's what they did. But mm. with it, they also took um, any any potential hope of diversity, yeah. and therefore being open to yeah, some of that's down to economical things. Though, it is, of course, it is. It'd no, it be is. like the white people could probably they had better jobs, so they could afford to yeah. go there. Yeah, of course. And uh, I, I was watching this documentary about Nas today, and I and I came to this realization that I uh, mm. that I. I don't really like hip hop that much. Yeah. <laughs> I realised it today. Yeah, right. And I was like, yeah. Anyway, and they were talking about like where he grew up, uh, and that they, they, all the white people moved out because they had more opportunities than the black people didn't have the opportunities, yes, so they couldn't move out. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and then and then then we criminalise all the people for being there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. It's insanity mm. it's it's pure insanity mm. and you definitely you see that in london like the yeah. gentrification of certain neighborhoods as well i mean a lot of neighborhoods in inner city london i i sort of i mean this is through the grapevine but i have heard of like you know families living in flats and mm. being relocated after decades and decades of yeah. living there you know yeah. because that location was going to the highest bidder so mm. yeah i guess in conclusion white people suck yeah, yeah but, I also, <laughs> but i also think that the uk has done I mean, okay, I'm going to speak from a place that might be very ignorant because I haven't really, like, studied urban planning in London. But based on my experience living in London, when you look at council housing, the the way that they've done it is, like, you're plugging in, um, like, social welfare living into different areas to encourage, and and air quotes to people listening, encourage (laughs) integration. But you yeah. put them in this like shitty fucking building. Sorry, yeah. can I swear? Yeah, <laughs> you put, so you put them in this like hideous building in like Westminster amongst all these yeah. like castles. 
and you yeah. expect like your neighbors to all somehow get along and be integrated and yeah, friends. I mean, in a lot of other countries, like I'm living in Switzerland right now, um, which you know is a very rich country, but does have a lot of uh, a lot of different um, things when it comes to like integration, refugees, and things like that, because it's actually non-EU, so they have a different yeah. you know whole policy around it. But the way that they do um, council housing here is that it's it's a percentage of every building. So your neighbors ah, yeah. are literally cool. people who are, yeah. So it's like yeah. your flat, That's your neighbor awesome. might be, and you don't know. It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? You might know if you know your neighbors or something like that, but you don't have this like othering or you don't have like this like scary council There's flat that we else. don't walk there. You know mm. what I mean? Because obviously mm. like the, to like aggregate people who are like, um, underprivileged into an area where there's other people, you know what I mean? Like you're just going to create yeah. this. Yeah. And I think you see this, especially when I was living in Brixton, there's mm. a lot of gentrification, yeah. but yeah, there isn't sure. a lot of social mobility. Yeah. So yeah. you have like all yeah. these really poor people and then all these like rich white people on top yeah, of them yeah. at like the bars and like, you know, like it's just, it's not <laughs> very, it's not very healthy, I think. And yeah, I, I, think I don't think that you figured that very it, well. Uh, often, yeah. often I find, um, say, like we had a lot of Eastern European people moving in around where I live, and everyone like there's loads of racists around here, and they've all got the right hump about it. Yeah, and uh, they're going, oh, they can at least speak our language. And then uh, when they go to our schools, they kick off if there's any education, um, you know, to try and help them because yeah. it's hindering their children. You know. Like, Oh, your children are already fucked because you don't do anything but drink. Yeah. Like, you can't have these standards <laughs> no. if you're coming from a position of a punks. Yeah. It just exactly. drives me mad. It's a power struggle, right? Like, yeah. it, it's always like, it how can I, Absolutely. Lord? And this, for me, I mean, I'm, I'm, last podcast we talked so much about colonialism, <laughs> but it is colonial, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, how can I own power over someone else? How can I own power over someone That's where misogyny comes from. That's where yeah. racism comes from. Like yeah. this need to sort of like be better than the person next because you are being you yeah. are being held down by something. So you have to hold someone else down in order for you to not feel like squashed. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's really sad. It's like this like ladder of like, okay, I'm on this rung and I have to make sure that I'm above this rung. Yeah. And it's like, actually, yeah. guys, we could all be on the same rung. Or maybe just deconstruct the ladder. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. just turn it horizontally. Burn the yeah. ladder. Yeah. Let's just not have a ladder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Exactly. It was Let's fun. turn that ladder horizontally. Not a ladder, it's a bridge. Are you were yeah. saying. Oh. Uh, oh. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh. Genius. Very good. She's a genius. <laughs> what is it? You said um, before about if people feel um, that um, they're wrong and they're not, and, and they don't deserve um, constantly, then that makes the meal. And like, for me, that that was how I was kind of felt when I was growing up, and that's made me yeah. ill. And then, and then I often think about people who are, if, if someone's gay, um, and they assume that everyone's going to be against them or their parents aren't going to accept them, they're instantly kind of pushed into that bracket. Um, and yeah. Like, within themselves. You know, yeah. before they even... Absolutely. Before they even... Yeah. You know, they're be fr- you know, potentially going to be frightened to come out. But they, they're just, just going to assume that everyone's going to be against them. Yeah, of course. And I yeah. just think that just Did- ramps it up yeah. so much. It really does. And I don't think, you know, like when people are like, they're very judgmental about gay people, not for a moment they ever think about that. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever feel that growing up, Nick? Did you ever feel sort of like um, 
you know, kind of othered and yeah, that yeah. have like an impact on your mental health. Oh yeah. And yeah, like yeah. an internal an internal trap of some sort, you know? Like an internalized yeah. othering yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the othering. I had um yeah, my uh granddad thinking I was gay when I wasn't gay. And uh and and then that made me think that everyone thought I was gay. And I was like <laughs> But you know, when I was growing yeah. up it's like, Oh god, you don't want to be gay you know yeah yeah like something's yeah. wrong with me and like yeah. even though even though i'm not even gay yeah i'm still being i'm being punished in the same way as if yeah i was gay and like great uh, how can i change myself or like what's wrong with me yeah it's really funny growing up all of my friends were gay like all like I, there was like something like we would just like be like drawn together like magnets and um i mean like i would consider myself uh by now but growing up i considered my i guess my sexuality was or i considered it to be straight but i mean i was probably incorrect in in that assumption anyway because i felt sort of queer in my identity as this like weird ass welsh iraqi american <laughs> it was like it was like these these queers were attracted to these queers and then it was like a queer magnet and like it was kind of this when I, I feel like when you feel othered or you feel ostracized, you're like so attracted to others that have um, been exposed to that. And you sort of like really understand each other and kind of empathize with each other's plights. It's it's really quite heartening and lovely in a way. Oh, that's so important. If you can find your tribe. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Finding your tribe, yeah. finding your you know, and like your your motley crew. Totally, and I think that at, at least the the good result. I don't know if you had the same experience, guys, but like the the results for people who do kind of have like this bullying and all the all this sort of like you know issues they have to deal with growing up. You do tend to connect with really amazing people. Yep. You know what I mean? Like the, the people you do end up yes. finding are like much more elevated. I always think that people who've experienced like um strife and trauma and whatever tend to be very like interesting human yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah exactly yeah. much it's funnier like, much funnier yeah. uh, amen amen because a lot of the time through trauma we have to use humor okay yeah. and then it like forces you yeah. to be really sharp exactly so, thank you trauma thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's um getting back to sort of you know celebrating people's um people's choices and decisions to just be themselves i think like and tying in that in with how how it, it's promoting sort of us being he ment mentally healthier humans mm -hmm. to find yeah. to find our paths and find our people and find you know uh, there's, there's there is a, there's a change in the air like we spoke to um who's we had on was it and what's his name Ashley. ashley we had ashley yeah. on and he <laughs> he's uh well you can uh, say how you know him well, he's a uh, he basically kind of uh, teaches mindfulness, mm. um, but he's also um, he's like a champion for LGBTQ, um, and he's he's kind of quite he's a bit of an activist himself as well. Mm. Ah, I love it. And uh, yeah, that was quite that was enlightening conversation. It was. It was as just. Well. It was just because like speaking about sort of people's personal experiences. And 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 act people are t starting to find like because he was working a lot of like uh, a lot of like youth culture. And yeah. We sort of we sort of went on. We we had a, ch a chat just about how 
like the, the kids have got shit sus now like yeah, that, that, it's, it seems it seems that like there's there's a lot more there's a lot more flexibility in society thank fuck and and, there's, yeah. and 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 also and and younger people are are now allowed to sort of be them and express themselves creative mm-hmm. creatively or sexually or, or without being ostracized and therefore making them happier fundamentally we all should just yeah. be happy right i mean it's and yeah, it does it does feel that there's it feels that there is a there's a, there's a there is something is starting it's not it's not done with but it's starting you know i would I also i would also start. credit generation sorry i didn't mean to interrupt no, you no no no, no. i would credit gen z mm. as being hyper uh, critical of the generations above them and so yeah. i think that there's a mechanism where they're basically like oh you guys are fucking whack like yeah. uh, why am i going to listen to the social constructs that you're mm. imposing on me when like all of you are just like a hot mess you know yeah. and then i feel <laughs> yeah. like because they are something like 80 percent of gen z is identifying as queer which is like you know crazy for for i mean yeah. in, at least in the western world it's crazy for us to see these stats and i think that like you we have all these like boxes that we put people in you know for your gender mm. for your sexuality for you know yeah, all, your whatever. disability for everything mm. but the reality is like you have like your gender expression so like how you look how you express yourself your actual gender what you were born and then um how you identify and i think that these and then also who you fuck of course but mm. these people are like <laughs> yeah. as we grow I, I believe and i could be completely wrong but I think everything is more dynamic than it seems. So I don't think that yeah. as we evolve, we're not going to be like gay or straight. No. And maybe we're not going to be like man and woman. Like maybe it's just all going to start to not matter anymore. Yeah. And you get this a lot with immigration where people say like, but then we're all just going to end up being brown. And it's like, and does <laughs> yeah. that matter? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is that a problem? Do we need to we're have a color? We're all going to be expect- racially yeah. ambiguous. Yeah, like- and we can't like you know what i mean like we should be crossing barriers and all this sort of stuff and i think the fluidity is like really the the essence of of growth what's uh brave new world world when they um they basically kind of they don't like emotion Mm. they try and take the emotion out of everything so people don't have relationships they have sex. They, yeah. and they're meant to have sex, but they don't have relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So everything is so... We pull all the emotion out of everything. That book blew me away when I read that. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, emotion is 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 crucial <laughs> to our day to day. And I think um, often, you know, we're speaking about things that are beaten out of people. I think emotion and feeling is beaten mm. out of boys and, and men. Mm. Um, and then they they have nothing to sort of guide them in life. Mm. Um, I think emotions and, and feelings are such a crucial part of navigating your day to day. Yeah, um, and, and I don't think that you can true. like I don't think that one should you know have the goal of having because we glorify sex, right? Like, oh, you should have as much sex with as many people. But like, is yeah. sex really fruitful without intimacy? You know, no, and I think that's also yeah. the the bigger conversation. Is like, does sex even matter? Then it's just like primitive you know like it's really like i'm not saying that you need to be like monogamous in any way but like you do need to have like that that human connection like that's the point of of sex to me you know yeah yeah i I think that's exactly right otherwise it's just uh yeah everything i like the connect connection really i think is is the is almost like the goal of life Mm. it is to connect with people yeah I think that is, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah. I was just going to say, you know, the what is the meaning of life? 
I think it's connection. <laughs> yeah. No, but, but biologically, and making it better for other people, right? Yeah. Right? And if we yeah, don't even want to be fair. spiritual about it or anything, like you could scale it all the way down to to yeah. evolutionary biology and mm. say what like what is hardwired in humans it's to form community so that we can survive right yeah. we can only survive in groups because we are weak like really weak unless yeah. we like make tools have groups can fight off things like whatever yeah. so without like it makes sense to me that that your your fulfillment is going to be based on your relationships and based on your community more than anything else yeah and and one of our guests lee that we were just talking about they made this amazing analogy about like um your relationships and sort of uh, your life is like a chair. And when one of them is wobbly, the chair one is going legs. to be wobbly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So like yeah. if your romantic relationships are wobbly, then your chair is wobbly. There if, your we go. if your friendship there relationships are wobbly and if you're you know, professional, like yeah. basically any, any form of your relationships that are, is not stable creates instability across the board. And that's why like yeah. if you're going through heartbreak, you're depressed, you know, if you're and if you yeah. only have your partner, you're also depressed. And that's what's wrong. Also during like COVID and the pandemic, it's the, the loneliness that's really what's um, the biggest the biggest uh, form of depression for us, I think. It's, do you yeah, guys, oh, cool. <laughs> I was just gonna ask like, do we, so what does everyone think collectively um, the pandemic is going to do to connections and human connection? What's everyone's, what are everyone's thoughts? I, I think initially in London, Loads of people are going to get pregnant. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yes, so they probably true. will, though. There probably no. will be a boom. <laughs> no, Typically, there, there's there a boom well. after a trauma. There may well yeah, be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in all seriousness, though, I, th I think I'd like to think that people are... I have experienced it, actually, even in just sort of the, the recent pub openings and stuff. Like, I'd like to think that we're a little bit happier to see one another instead of just yes. point blankly ignoring one another and actually listening to people when they talk and like and and taking note if someone is unhappy and going are you all right like i mean yeah. i got that from my mum it's something that i hold very dearly in it about actually caring about people's like like <laughs> day to day and people i don't know i talk to people i don't know in the street that's something i've always done not everybody does that but there is yeah. It, it seems that that is happening a bit. Yeah, People I'm, are actually aware of one another again a little bit. I I'm think. not convinced. Yeah. I think there's a numbness. I don't think it will last. But... I think a numbness has gone through everyone where they're like, I think initially when the lockdown mm. stopped and the first time there was this excitement and everyone kind of cared about each other. But I think yeah. the second time, um, we just everyone just kind of became numb. Uh-huh. So, uh, like, I yeah. noticed it. I've been yeah. out a lot of the weekends, and um, no one really knows what to say to each other. You know, it's yeah. kind of oh, no one's done anything, so there's nothing to talk yeah, about. Yeah, also boring. Yeah, yeah. no one wants yeah. to be negative, but it's just really, it's been really fucking boring. So, I think it, and <laughs> I, I know this, like, when I get mentally ill, I tend to, I go through a period, and then I become just fucking numb. Mm. And mm, I, I honestly yeah. kind of get this numb feeling from yeah. so many people I encounter. Mm. It's but, like you care so much until you until you reach yeah. a point, and then you're just like then apathetic. Yeah, Done. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. apathetic's exactly the right yeah. term. That, that's my yeah. feeling on it at the moment. I'm waiting to see mm. if things change, but I think because we are just drip fed a little bit more liberty, mm. um, there's not enough to get really excited about. Mm. We're so not you're trusting just, in it, yeah. I'll yeah, start. you just plug in, <laughs> well, it's all going to go wrong anyway. So this is uh, that negative <laughs> mindset. I know it sounds really negative, but um, 
I, I, there was a part of me that was kind of really thought, oh, people are going to connect more. But yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not convinced at the moment. I'm, I'm hopeful, man. I'm well, hopeful. What about yeah. you guys? Yeah, what do you reckon? I, you know, I, I, I'd like to describe myself as an optimistic realist in a way. Yeah. Like, I, I think a big part of me is is also in team we're going to value each other a bit more mm. i think those that really experience loneliness and lockdown or disconnection are going to have or maybe value more meaningful connections mm. and the ease in which that we can see each other now um i i do think it's sort of i i hope <laughs> for most people it sort of shifted perspectives it's kind of cleared up vision on what's like really important like mm. I don't know, especially in the workspace, I feel like there was so much presenteeism pre-COVID. Like, yeah. you had to be at work yeah. at 9 a.m. on the dot. And if somebody was five minutes late because of their trains, you know, oh, half day, John. Yeah. Um, and it was just, <laughs> no, oh, my God, like, please shoot me. The, the guy's train was late. London's a, a mess. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Huh. Um, and uh, I think there is going to yeah, I hope there's more flexibility mm. and sort of meaning and connection. I, I hope so. And I, I feel in my water there might be. Mm. I, yeah, and I think there's, I think that um, I don't know, like, if there's a right or a wrong, right? I think we could go in either direction. And I think maybe people will be split. Yeah. But I did listen to a podcast recently, and they were talking about integrity was a theme. Um, and the concept of like, when you're doing something that's not like, right for you you feel it and you still do it often so if you're in the marriage that doesn't work for you it's because you're not living with integrity if you say something that's mean and it says poorly it's an issue with integrity and i think what mm -hmm. we've been doing a lot over our lives has been living living to please other people for like yeah. external factors and COVID gave us an excuse to say like due to COVID, i cannot blah blah yeah. blah whatever yeah. it might be right yeah. and i'm hoping that we are able to channel that that integrity into the rest of our lives so that we're not making bullshit plans with the people we don't actually want to spend time with yeah. for example yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean or like yeah, I do, going yeah. to work at 7 a.m when like you're just doing it to like show face for the boss and that people aren't going to ask of you yeah. and i think there's going to be a little bit more respect in general because there's there is like this like social pressure to like perform for other people all the time yeah. and i think here we had yeah. to like really become like insular and think about like what's good for my health, what's good for me and, and be more mindful. Also, like I used to travel like a psychopath. I mean, I still travel, but like I used to fly yes, to I Asia, like and then fly back for, like for work all the time. I was traveling yeah. like crazy. And now if I take like an hour of flight, like it takes me like three days to recover. And I'm like, if flying yeah. is really taxing on the body yeah. and I was flying like long distance, like seven times a month, if not mm. more, imagine what like, physical like shape i was in like inside my body even though i felt and i looked good and whatever it's just you don't realize like until you start listening to yourself like what is burnout what is exhaustion like am mm. i happy am i fulfilled am i reflecting like we have space to, to sort of dig a little bit deeper than we and have to be confronted also on these areas like also yeah, like yeah. people who like i have so much conflict with my family but during COVID, i haven't seen them at all and i'm like craving to be with my family yeah. you know and you're like oh yeah like they're there are people and things that I, I'm not making enough time for. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think as well. Um, so I was I was talking to a good friend of mine and Tracy's about this, and like I think what COVID forced us to do was to like stare in the face of our lives. Yeah. So we couldn't hide anymore. We couldn't lie. So if we didn't like our partners. 
it was kind of like we had to do something about it. Yeah. If we didn't like our jobs, it was something we had to do about it. Yeah. Like we were just sort of like really sitting in the reality of our, um, of our well, sitting in our own realities, like yeah. big time. And, and we still if, are. Yeah. Yeah, 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 of course, and we, and we still are. So you kind of had nowhere to hide and you had to kind of like confront these really, really uncomfortable things, mm. which sucks at the time but then i guess it, it feels a whole lot better when you do confront them i mean i was yeah, like sure. doing like vision boards and shit that i don't even believe in you know what i mean like i was like <laughs> trying to manifest my future i mean what i'll say <laughs> is that in this moment in my life i have to say that nobody around me is happy mm. and i don't know if it's just my friends or the circumstance or whatever but it seems like everyone's kind of in like a shitty place right now and it's not about being depressed or anything like i don't think a lot of people, yeah. I, my friends don't seem to be actually too too like discouraged but they do seem to all be kind of in a shitty position whether it's like in work or family or something like there's just yeah. this huge like stirring of the pot right now and i'm hoping that yeah. we can kind of be like a phoenix and fly out i really yeah. have i really yes, like uh, yes, the living with integrity Sorry, thing because i've yeah. certainly had an ex i've like i've been through moments when i thought i'm not being real you know i'm not being true to myself and mm. i'm doing shit that i hate why am i doing it stop it and then like make the change and um yeah that really rung true with me that i've certainly been through that kind of thing myself loads mm. have you been through that either of you oh well like being out completely out of integrity yeah or you know like thinking i mean have you had any like real low periods where you think right, oh, i've got to make changes I mean, oh my God, yes. I'm living in... Start? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm living in Switzerland, which is a job that I was really excited for. And then, um, well, basically, I was losing my visa in London because I'm an immigrant. And I could choose between trying to hustle to get re-sponsored or I was offered this job in Switzerland for like two years. They were chasing me and it was for somebody that I had so much respect for. And I completely evangelized my boss who ended up basically like being sort of dodgy and like it was a whole thing and I ended up burning out and all this stuff. So like I'm living in Switzerland by myself. Like I don't have anyone here. Like I'm completely alone doing a job that like wasn't, you know, in any way my dream job or what inspires me feeling I don't have purpose, that I'm invisible, that like I could be dead in my flat and no one would even like see me. And like all I had in my life was like codependency with like with people who I was like emotionally attached to that it was almost like it was almost like perverse and like I couldn't face with the fact that I was by myself and like, you know what I mean? Like just deeply unhappy with who I am and like having like eating disorders and just like, you know, trying to be skinny for fucking nobody, like no one's seeing me and like just, <laughs> you know, sitting in the reality of like that, that heaviness, but not, yeah. not recognizing that I was like in depression, but not being able to sleep at night, waking up with nightmares, having anxiety, oh, yeah. like crazy but like not really attributing it to anything and feeling like I'm this like privileged girl in an ivory tower in Switzerland. And I'm like crying <laughs> yeah, every day. I like, think so many you, people you know? do that. They're yeah, like, there's so many something. people they're like, like, well, you know, there's people much worse off than me. And I'm like, yeah, you can't really think about it in those terms. You got to think about it in terms no. of am I well or not. So what, so yeah. have you gone, have you pulled through? Where are you so at I, now? I started seeing a therapist. I was seeing a therapist after this stuff with work happened yeah. because I was literally like, um, I was told that I was fired, which wasn't true. It was like this whole dodgy thing. And so I basically was sitting at the train station for like four hours, not realizing my train had come. And I was sitting yeah. there and then I realized it had been four hours, like, like the craziest moment of my life. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, okay, I need to see a therapist. And so I saw a therapist for about a year 
And this therapist was like, she just looked sick constantly. It was like, she was like bored and like looking at the clock. I would tell her things and she'd be like, well, you're pretty like, you're pretty like self-actualizing and you seem to really know yourself. So like, I have nothing to contribute to like, you know, your, your problems and you seem to like be aware of them. So like, what do you want me to say? Just not very helpful. And then so much value. I mean, it was terrible. Did you get a refund? No, really, it was terrible. I've had therapy like that before. I mean, I tried for a year, like, you know, maybe it'll click, maybe it'll click, blah, blah, blah. And then after a year, I posted on like an expat Facebook group, which is like, you know, worst sentence you could say, but (laughs) helpful. And I I was like, hey, I'm trying to find something more holistic, blah, blah, blah. And I used to be like a yoga teacher and like, I like health and wellness and stuff like this in general. And someone recommended me this, um, this therapist who, so I was told she's a psychologist. And when I went to see her, she's also a hypnotherapist, clinically trained, uh, mostly works with like children who have trauma, yeah. which like I was not interested in because once I did it in like a, a yoga studio and I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and then <laughs> she also has done like a professional coaching and she's also really into like spirituality and all this like stuff. And so she, she started doing um, like sessions with me where she was also doing uh, hypnosis, uh, hypnosis. And yeah. she, like reframed the the parasympathetic nervous system the way that like my brain would associate with things so like i had when i was um 18 my my college was and this is very dark did i tell you guys this last time maybe i told you this but my college my college was shot up by a gunman which is in canada which like it just doesn't happen and it was like devastating and like 38 of my friends were shot and things like this um only one person died but it was like a huge tragedy in montreal and then two weeks later my neighbor who was like really good friends of mine um, killed his whole family in their in their sleep. So it was like a really like mm. the craziest you know thing that could happen to you. And so I had like these crazy PTSD um, nightmares. Anyways, for mm. my whole life, it's been like I'm 32 now, so it was literally almost half my life. My my therapist started doing hypnosis to me, and I was telling her I have these nightmares. And so she did like a visual thing. It wasn't like she was. It was really weird because I felt completely conscious, right? And ever since I started seeing her, the nightmares completely disappeared. So it's it's really about like when you experience trauma, when you've experienced depression, anxiety, like whatever your your mental health issues are, they're hardwired into your body. Mm. And you can yeah. and she said to me, like, you can either wobble through life trying to avoid your triggers and you know like this is gonna set me off, this is gonna set me off, or you can sort of reprogram your mind. Mm. And there's different ways you can do that, like EMDR, which is super effective, mm. um, hypnosis, which is very similar. And that just it allows for you to to um, speak to parts of your your brain that is just like in you that you can't access otherwise, like the subconscious. Yeah. So, I, I had yeah. hypnotherapy um, with a therapist very similar to your to the the one you've just been describing. It was also a life coach, uh, also talked about spirituality, um, and that was the game changer for me. Like I. I and and he would do things with um, you know like visualizations with colors and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. And like, I'll be walking around feeling really miserable, uh, and then I'll notice something blue, and then I don't feel as miserable. Mm. Yeah. And it is. It's just. Uh, and it is. It's just. Yeah, because your mind works in symbols, not yeah. in, in words. Yeah. Yeah, like Jung says. I've been looking at Jung a lot recently. Ah, uh, um, Carl Jung. Uh, but it's so true what you what you say, and um, and uh, and trauma is one of the hardest ones to kind of get at often. Amen. It really Amen. is. But trauma trauma can be 
like a little thing. Yeah. You know, trauma is different for every person. So you don't need to have your school shut up to call it trauma, right? Like yeah. it could be your mom yelling at you when you're a kid and you you know what I mean? It, you don't even know what your traumas are and the things yeah. that might yeah. be the most traumatic <laughs> for you might actually be not traumatic for someone else at all. Yeah. It's super yeah. interesting. Oh, yeah, God, I t- seriously. Yeah, I really yeah. get into that. I've been, especially going through a lot of that kind of stuff myself and understanding, especially understanding trauma. I've learned a lot through doing the podcast, really, talking to people with PTSD, so cool. people who have mm. been in, you know, been in, like, in wars and that kind of thing. Mm. Oh, wow. So you feeling better? Yeah, I mean, it, it comes and it goes. Like, you kind of have to be consistently doing the work yeah, and yeah, I'm the kind of person who yeah. like if I don't have to do the work then I don't do the work yeah, and like right. there's also you know Wim Hof the cold water yeah, dude that's yeah. like everyone's obsessed ah, with he's the best. so he has like a breath meditation that uh, my therapist gave me which is like it's 10 minutes and it's 30 breaths times 3 have you guys done it? yeah I've done it yeah I have I've done, done it I'll send you it it's <laughs> So I can't do the cold water thing yet. No, like you I'm, can do I'm the just, breathing's really good though. <laughs> but the meditation thing is like it's so effective. You have to like you have to like take time to like lie down and, and breathe, which like I don't do really for yeah. myself. But if I'm having like bad anxiety, I'll do it. But it completely like reprograms the way your brain thinks. And also just like, you know, yeah. being able to for me, I, I'm very fiery. So being able to step out of a situation and like go for a walk, change your environment, like do something that doesn't just let you stew because I'll just like get so sad and so sad yeah, and so yeah. sad yeah. until I'm like just like a puddle on my floor. Mm. So it's important <laughs> that you just don't let yourself melt like that, you know? Mm. Amen. Yeah. Amen. How about you, then, sure. Jenna? Tell me about you and your, and your oh, brain. Oh, my, uh, my mental health journey. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a it's a journey without a destination, right? It's, a, oh, yeah. it's an ongoing um, sort of flexing relationship with yourself and your head mm. um but uh i i guess it, it's sort of i guess uh dissimilar to tracy there wasn't sort of like one specific instance or a couple of specific instances but i think um my uh so i have four sisters um and and my parents were culturally very dissimilar um and Welsh Iraqi American raised yeah. Muslim in New Jersey all these sort of different aspects of my identity there was like a lot of sort of different labels I was like working out through my like young baby heads and um, my parents relationship was quite like volatile right. um, so lots of peaks and troughs and yeah. uh, lots of fights and sort of like last minute trips to the to the UK to go where my mother's um, parents were so I was very very close to my grandparents uh, my Welsh grandparents so like for me they were <laughs> I always say this, but I'm like, I think my grandparents are like a big reason why I'm like relatively stable. And, um, and you know, the rest of my family is great as well. Like, you know, I'm not uh, discrediting their amazingness. But um, yeah, it was just like, sort of rocky upbringing, very feast or famine. Um, sometimes we were like bawling in New Jersey, like big house, awesome cars, like everything was great. Um, and then like, there would be moments where my parents like max out their credit cards and there was like nothing. Uh, and I remember from like a young age, like really feeling that anxiety, like, Oh my God, mom and dad are in like hot water. I need to do something. But I was like eight. It's like, what the yeah, fuck are you going to do? You're eight years yeah. old. Um, and uh, yeah. So I think just being sort of subject to that volatility, like me and my sisters, mm. we sort of all developed our own, 
kind of um, issues later in life or just sort of like obstacles in our in our in our way. And it's funny how it's like manifested so differently for all five of us. Um, for my oldest sister, you know, and well, actually, my two eldest sisters, they sort of grapple with their health, their physical health a bit more. Whereas uh, the three younger sisters, we've uh, really struggled with our mental health. Um, I remember when I moved to the UK and like first experiencing panic disorder. And um, I remember being on the train and like fucking feeling like I wasn't in control of my own body. And I was like, this is so weird. Why am I so anxious? Like nothing's wrong. And I was like really trying to like talk myself down. And I was like, what is happening right here? Um, And then of course, when that moment happened, I was like, I think I have to see a therapist mm. and um, I was I was 24 at the time and uh, six years later I'm still seeing the same therapist and like honestly she is such an angel like a uh, real um, she's really really helped and I'm lucky enough to she was the first therapist I ever saw um, oh, no, no, sorry. Uh, my mother dragged me to a therapy session with her therapist. So it was me and my mom and her therapist. And I think her therapist wanted to be friends with her. And then this therapist decided to diagnose me with PTSD in our first session. And I was just like, I don't like this lady. I'm not seeing her again. So that was that was a false start. Yeah, you need to um, stick with your therapist. You do. Oh, it's my God. Yeah. Have chemistry. Yeah. yeah, and you know, not diagnose you like the first time uh, they see you. You know, they should, they might, maybe should get to know you first. at least a little survey. Okay, yeah, it's funny exactly. how at least learn the, my first the attitude to oh. therapy. Like you guys are kind of seem to be seem to have been generally fairly open to therapy. Mm. Um, yeah. I like I was I started having therapy when I was about nine, and then I've had it on and off ever since, and. Uh, I, I've learned to roll with it um, and then embrace it. But, like, the idea of, like, I didn't tell anyone I was having therapy. It's like, you know, you don't mm-hmm. mention that. And it, I think that's a very, uh, I know, um, like, I've, I've friends who are American and they're, they're quite open about having therapy. It's like, yeah, we all have therapy. And I'm like, that's so cool. Mm. Because, <laughs> like, you know, sure. how many people could do with a bit of therapy? Everybody. Everybody. It's not like, it's not, it's it's more of a metric for your health than it is a metric of your unhealth, right? Like, we, I think the biggest problem with therapy, I have this friend in in Portugal who's like kind of drug addict and he's just like really in like a spiral right now. And like, there isn't really a mechanism to get someone to have mental health Mm. unless they're completely off the, off the ladder, you know, like they're completely gone Mm. or like, even he identifies as like needing to have some support, but he can't financially afford it. And I think that yeah. this is the biggest problem is it's like a therapy and, and psychology and, and mental health is a luxury. Mm. And I think that it's not, yeah. like, it shouldn't be a luxury. It should be a necessity. Like, yes. especially after yeah. COVID, yeah. like we're all fucked up, you know, yeah. <laughs> like everyone should have access to support services. And it's just yeah. not something that's available. I mean, you can like get your doctor refer you in the UK, you get your doctor refer you the yeah. doctor then like, prescribed you like five sessions from the nhs and then they put you with a random therapist that like you don't choose you have five sessions and she determines whether or not you need more like that's not helpful you know it's funny that's sort of ongoing care you know jenna you said earlier like that you know some of your sisters had physical illnesses and then some of you had mental illnesses 
And I, I think quite often we fail to see uh, the connection between mm. those two. Um, like oh, my therapist, God, I was yeah. saying, um, he's, he's quite a strong advocate for that. If you're, you know, you're feeding yourself bad shit and you're telling yourself <laughs> bad shit, then you'll get ill. And it was only yeah, when I, I saw a psychiatrist, so I saw a consultant psychiatrist, and they were like, and I was just like, I'm ill all the time. I'm constantly ill. And yeah. they were like, yes, because you've got clinical depression. You know, yeah. But no one ever says it. Doctors don't even mention that kind of thing. No. It's, no. it's insane, I, right? I remember like I walked the... into the... Sorry, Jenna. Oh, no, no, I was just going to say, um, it's so crazy, the connection between the physical and mm. the mental. And of of course, they can sort of like, you know, your body can be amazing. And then, you know, your mind not so amazing. Like, you know, sometimes I guess they, they don't work in tandem. But most of the time yeah. when you're exercising and you're sleeping and your body is like working for you, the, your, your mind's kind of like kind of works with it and I, I just know um, as somebody who has really grappled with anxiety and um, moments of real panic I know running yeah. has been like a saving grace and mm -hmm. just going to the gym like it's I never, it's so funny I guess there's this whole like fitspo culture of like six six teen pack and like a yeah. fucking belfie yeah. and all this stuff working out and it's like i don't know i, I just think the mental health benefits of exercise mm. are so profound and and just uh life-changing and for me that's the only reason i really go to the gym like i only go to the gym because of my head yeah like yeah. Well, I'm, the thing I, I is like yeah. the mind and the body is connected yeah. Yeah, the yeah. mind is part of the body you know yeah. what i mean like they're we see them as separate entities but we're not walking around with floating heads are we like no. your brain is part <laughs> of your body and if you're yeah. not if you're not nourishing yourself and like if you if you are swallowing negative shit mm. and i don't mean just food but also food yeah. but if you're if you're swallowing like a negative talk track you make yourself mm. ill and if you're not listening to your body be, and you're overworked, like burnout, for example, you're working mm -hmm. so hard, you're working so hard and you're you're getting physically ill because yeah. your body's saying you're too stressed. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. the easiest thing in the world to tell someone like, don't be so stressed, avoid stress. But like, you can't <laughs> do it unless your environment like is prescriptive of that. Yeah. You know, so it's oh, really yeah. important that we do live in like a way that is um, integral for us. And, and equally, yeah. like, listen, I'm a terrible runner. I'm like I'm such a I'm such a depressive person and like my mind is saying like you're too tired don't do it give up yeah 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 right so I started doing this like no sorry I was just I was just gonna say like I I I um I I combated that because I hate running like I'm a stocky weighty dude so like I I just decided to start go on massive massive hikes and just only stop when I decided to my body couldn't take any more. And then it got too easy, so I put weight pack on That's me. really helped you, though, hasn't and, it? And, like, averaging yeah. sort of 15 miles, really roughly, helps. when I do it. And it's it's unreal, because... And the first I time I ever that. did it, right, I was in a really, really shitty place after splitting up with the mother of my children. And I got really drunk and up before my daughter's birthday. And I, I missed taking her to school. So the first time I did it was... And that, that was, like, quite traumatic for me, actually. And it was pretty shitty, like, having split up with yeah. her. And I fucking hated myself. And I walked yeah. from my flat in South Woodford to uh, Bond Street, which is about, I don't know, 10 miles or maybe 15 miles or yeah, something. It's yeah. a good old walk, but I just didn't stop. And it was like half, it was about quarter to nine in the morning. 
Uh, no, that's right. It's quarter to ten in the morning. Otherwise, I would have made the school run, right? So yeah, so yeah, <laughs> dickhead. But uh, I just carried. And by the time I got to it, I'd come to a resolve that I was I was in a really destructive, horrible place, and that 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 thing stuck with me like forever, really. And uh, and that's yeah. always been my thing of exercise. Like I go to the gym and stuff now and again, but that hiking situation, like I bought proper boots and stuff and a weight vest thing, and the phone doesn't get looked at, and I take stock up sufficient food. And I just look around and go to, in the woods for yeah. fucking hours, six well, hours. Well, the power like, of nature is also yeah, incredible. Yeah, like they say, unreal. even if you have a, but they say that even even looking at a photo of nature yeah. has health benefits to you. And yeah. when we're especially in London, like we're so like we're so like landlocked, like we yeah. don't get a lot of nature in London. Although there are some beautiful parks and stuff like that. It's it's. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever? Did you ever think about doing? Is it? La Camina or El Camino? Mm. You know that walk from like France to Spain? It's like a yeah. pilgrimage. Yeah, everyone yeah. I know is like doing this right now, which I think yeah. is super interesting. I think you would love it. It's, yeah, it's really cool. I had a friend who like went through this crazy divorce, and she started. She did six months. Like she did a six month walk every yeah. day. It's crazy. Really? But she started <laughs> off with like a backpack full of things, and she said by like you know by a month in, you just don't care anymore about anything. Like you don't care about physical things. You know, you're like yeah. I don't need this. Everything that you're like anxious about needing, you just yeah. don't need. So you just have like your water and your food and like. Yeah. The rest of it doesn't matter. Like you don't yeah. need the book, you don't need the fucking map. Like no. you just go. You know. I think it's interesting. That resonates yeah. really hard with me. Like I, 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 I've used that. Like during lockdown, I, we moved. Like I moved like three times or something. Uh, my my parents split up like a week after me moving in with them. Like it, it was a lot of shit happened, and it was just like. I'm on my own here. I mean, the only saving grace was around the corner from Nick, so that was that was helpful. Oh, okay. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Thank God there was someone. But um, <laughs> but like it, yeah. No, I was in a shitty relationship as well. That's that was sort of going off and on. It was just a bit weird. And again, it was like I remembered that walking was was something that I'm good at. <laughs> like, and and you know, it's not, it's not just putting one foot in front of the other. It's actually clearing your head and and start and like. I talk to myself a shit lot, a shitload, so shit ton even. God, I say shit way too many times. Um, a lot. I speak, Are you allowed really to swear here? Yeah. Yeah, right. I, mean, I, I, yeah. I talk to myself a lot, and by doing that, I, I created a dialogue where I managed to wash out all the negativity by the time I got somewhere. Yeah. And it's like, and it's like, it, it really helped. Because the, the gym situation for me is a little bit, it's a little bit testosterone fueled sort yeah, yeah. of mirror, oh, mirror kissing. Oh, sure. I'm not about that, it's... man. I don't give, oh. a, I don't give a shit about that. But, but like, I know that I can get the same. I can 100 percent get the same mental um, benefit and physical benefit if you if you walk on a gradient with you know 20 kg in a backpack, which is hard, yeah. right? <laughs> but but when you 100%. when it when it gets easy and you use it as a way to to clear your head, it's it's just mm-hmm. amazing, like. And you feel unreal. Like I mean, I, we, I did an accidental marathon um, a couple of months ago, <laughs> and and wow. it was tw- it was twenty six point that. something, which was just under miles. And like, I sat down in my friend's flat, and like my body started to convulse, right? Because we hadn't like sufficiently have like um, like the gel, r- run out Water of gels, yeah. Like so like, so like, I had some gels, had a hot bath, and that, and then all of a sudden, like my endorphins literally just went through the roof, and I was like. Oh my god, and it felt amazing, you know. Oh, and, it's and, the and, best. Like, and it, it really is. The yeah, best. and it and it was and like we started sort of talking about. So it's Simon who um, was it was on this podcast. I go walking with him, and um and we were like we we then sort of laugh about the 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 whole like the the the, uh, the conversations we had and the 
the silly noises we were making around and like the stuff we saw and looking at the pictures and being like and like, like remembering all of that good stuff and all of the negatives that we started talking about literally lasted an hour out of That's a six so hour nice. hike so and it's like yeah yeah man i'm so addicted to that like i really am. Of, yeah um, that's, a, that's a mindfulness yeah. thing as well isn't it yeah, like yeah. they say that in mindfulness that you don't to meditate you don't need to be meditating as such no. you just need to be mm-hmm. constant being present and bringing your think your head in so you could just be concentrating on your footsteps you could yeah. be looking at the sky mm. And all of those yeah. things bring you into the now rather yeah. than into the past or the future. future. Mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah. I also it, think that there's like a part of you that's like, when you're swallowing all this negativity or this, these problems or whatever it is, yeah. you do need to, to get them out of you. And I think yeah, like yeah. that the way that you walk, like you end up having to confront yourself with the thoughts, like being yeah. quiet with yourself and having to confront what you're hearing yourself say mm. is one way. And another way that my therapist gave me was um, actually physically writing, like in a notebook. Yeah. Because yeah. when you, whenever you swallow or you, you, um, you know, push these feelings, especially like men, you know, like we repress our feelings so much and whatever, mm. being able to physically write it out is a really good way of like expressing yourself and just yeah. like literally like expressing the, the problem out of you. And mm. if you keep it in you, then it doesn't, it doesn't like, it doesn't go anywhere. You know, yeah. it crystallizes inside yeah. you. Yeah, that, I draw or I paint or I, yeah. or I bash a guitar yeah. and that gets it out for me. Because yeah. exactly. um, I, I can't do exercise. I'm, it's, it's that thing, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, I just feel too awkward. I feel tall and weird. And, um, and I've never felt comfortable doing anything like that. And that just goes yeah. back to my childhood. Yeah. But what yeah. it kind of... Yeah. To come back on something that Tracy said, which I think is like um, one of the most important things, is that you've always got to be working on it. Mm. So for me, I've always got to be working on my mental health. The minute I stop, then I get ill. Um, and yeah. that's kind of the same with doing exercise as well, yeah, isn't it? Is. It's like Literally. if you stop doing it, then you start feeling shit. It's like yeah. you actually have to be in the game of looking after your body yeah. and brain. You actually yeah. have to be doing it. And if you're not... Yeah. And it, it's it's a big ask, you know, it is. But, yeah, if you don't actually do... The, I always um, kind of put it down to, like, uh, doing the 12 steps, um, you know, that kind of... You've all, you're always mm-hmm. an addict, um, and the only reason you're not actually kind of an active addict is because you're working on it all the time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That, that's yeah. how I always yeah, exactly. feel it. Preach. it. It takes a lot of work, and I think one of the other things that... Um, has been helpful to me is learning that you can't trust your own thoughts. Yeah. And yeah. we we interviewed ah, this guy named yeah. Anu who is brilliant and he's he's uh, queer and he's uh, he's queer and he's brown. That's what I would say. <laughs> he's you know he's a person of color and he's queer and he's he's grappled a lot. He's super educated, like yeah. the superstar. But he he almost Degree committed disease. suicide. Yeah. He he was so he was so depressed and most of it was so. like systemic like just feeling like he didn't belong, feeling mm. something was inherently wrong with him, even though it wasn't like he fucked up something, you know, just like we don't realize like mm. the different barriers that other people experience. But he was standing on the windowsill about to jump out the window and he was thinking, you know, I'm going to jump, I'm going to jump. And he had a moment where he thought, I can I can acknowledge that I'm thinking about jumping, so I am not my thoughts. And yeah. Therefore, if I don't listen to that thought, maybe I can just not jump. Mm. And then he yeah. like started this journey. I mean, it was a really incredible the, interview we had with the him. most powerful feeling in the world. Oh, My that therapist I was talking about, uh, he said to me, um, 
you know, you 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 don't have to listen to your thoughts. Mm. Your thoughts, you know, your thoughts are the product of everything you've been through in your life, everything you've heard and everything you've seen and everything everyone has said to you. Um, and they're trying to protect you from, you know, fucking up. Um, and you don't have to listen. And I was like, what? Mm. <laughs> what is, what? <laughs> I what? don't have to listen? And, then, and, I, and now, I can, now I can almost witness myself mm-hmm. having those thoughts. Mm. Which is meditation. Yeah. 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 yeah right. That is yeah, the point exactly. of meditation. It's not about silencing yeah. your mind. It's about understanding like the thoughts that are not in control of you. Yeah. And I think it, it's super, it's super interesting because at some point, like if you also can listen to the thoughts, sometimes you hear that the thoughts actually sound like somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that might've been your yeah. mother or your father or the school bully or whoever, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you are actually not your thoughts and you're programmed to hear things that have been repeated to you over time. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's so funny in therapy. If I like, am I, if I'm saying something that's extra harsh on myself, my, uh, my therapist will go, who, who is that Jenna? (laughs) Who is that? What is that voice? And I'm like, it's this person. (laughs) That's who it is. And it, it, uh, we, we're sponges when we're kids, right? We, we just soak up all this messaging from Mm -hmm. our upbringing, from media, um, I'm, I am fi- just finished this show called Alone, where they have to spend all this time out in the wild mm. and see how long they can survive for. And something that they all say when they leave is that their mind feels so much calmer yeah, and like yeah. um, the thoughts are less, um, I guess, like jarring hectic. and hectic. Yeah. yeah. And um, I think that when you live in a city or, you know, you live in a busy part of the UK, mm. it's really hard to keep your so your head clear it really is yeah well, well, I, I also think i also think you shouldn't put like it's you have to do the work you have to do the yeah. work you know work out eat well whatever yeah of course meditate but also like be gentle to yourself like you don't have to run a marathon just to exercise you know just like sometimes yeah, my my goal it. for myself is like go outside today just go outside like you step outside today you know, yeah. like it's yeah. it's okay to it's okay to not be extreme. You know, yeah, it's yeah. That part yeah. Of like put on a pair of pants. Oh, sorry, yeah. a pair of trousers when you're about to go to work. It's, like, you know, I, I often yeah. say to people yeah. when they're feeling low, I'm like they're just they're they're kicking themselves in the teeth just for feeling low, and you're like, yeah. it's okay to feel low sometimes. You feel low for a bit. Mm. It's all right. You'll feel low for a bit. You know, try and do something, one thing tomorrow. You know, and it it, it isn't, um, it's like, it's okay. I often find myself saying to people, it's fine. You know, it's all right. Don't don't make it worse by telling yourself off Mm. for feeling like shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah, Yeah. sometimes you feel like shit. And I'm hoping hoping that COVID is also like, when we talk about integrity and stuff, I'm hoping that COVID has, has done that also for us because, you know, before we used to like, we would pressure ourselves so much to do the thing or whatever. And it's like, I... I have become so, so un, unconcerned if someone says to me like, hey, I'm like, I don't think I can come tonight. I'm like, it's fine. Don't come. Yeah. You know, like, don't, it's not like you don't need to make an excuse. <laughs> like, just, it's also okay to just not go. Like, it's yeah. fine. It's okay yeah. to like, right now it feels if I do one thing, if I go to the grocery store, then I'm like exhausted. You know, like mm. it's, we're in a period right now that is so confusing. And I think that we need to to keep that with us. You know, maybe we're going to go back to normal, maybe We'll be in the new normal, whatever. 
but the point is respect yourself and yeah. don't pressure yourself but then also do take care of yourself i think it's important not to live in ignorance completely yeah, yeah, exactly. That's, and I think that's what you see with old people, not to tangent guys, sorry, but like mm. a lot of like elderly people are really like crippled because mm. they've had like years of of lack of mobility and they have no flexibility and they're, they're full of inflammation because they've not moved. Yeah. You know, and people mm. sort of like they're kind of stuck, like physically stuck because they've just like been stagnant. And a lot of it is because of the neglect of, of the younger generations that should be, you know, creating better social care and stuff for, for the elderly, of course, and a lot of, like, the isolation and the loneliness. But, like, you know, what we're experiencing COVID is often what, what these people experience all the time. Like, I have grandparents who are, you know, living in complete isolation. People aren't really going to see them. Like, And a lot of us mm-hmm. do. And I think that's the important yeah. thing is that, like, you can live well until you're 100 years old. But if you if you stop trying and if you stop caring and if you become sort of complacent and you listen to your thoughts and you think it hurts to move it hurts to walk i can't do another step things like this also you will then stay stuck yeah 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 you gotta keep uh what i i'm not using the term exercising like you have to exercise but keep uh keep at it keep going exercising you're taking care of yourself Yeah, yeah yeah exercising your your lust for life exercising your 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 passion for each of your days yeah. And the more people you have around you who can like support you on that journey, also the the more you will be. Because like it's so if you're alone, like it's so easy to give up. Mm. Yeah, yeah was, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Just being alive itself is like a crazy blessing, right? <laughs> when you think about like how our moms even you know conceived us, it was like a one in million chance that the sperm did something to the egg. I I should know this, but you know even the chance, <laughs> even the reason. <laughs> Yeah, the store, even even the stork safely delivering us exactly. to our, our caretakers We've all seen is that a blessing. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I'm like you know, life can be like a real hoot sometimes, and it's yeah. Then it just you know, it's over in a flash. So I guess we just have to make sure that we're having a great time at this party. Yeah, this just enjoy party. the little things. I think it's what exactly. is normally my advice. Enjoy the little things. <laughs> the little things are normally the best things. Oh, yeah. You don't yeah. need big things. Yeah, I think I'm going to start golfing. I, 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 I had a go golf a while ago and I really, really liked it. Just going to a driving range, mm. smacking yeah. the balls. And like, if you manage to hit them well, it feels amazing. Yeah, it does. And it's a really good way of letting out, letting off steam. And it's not actually that hard. It's not yeah, hard. and if you're it's and not. if you have to then if you do like a short course, I mean I've never golfed, and I speak like an expert. But if you do like a short <laughs> round of golf, you you have to walk yeah, as well, you, do, you know. Yeah. And there's like a little goal, a little there destination. You focus on something, yep. and then you do the next one. I mean, yep. I think it's an, my friend, my friend who's pregnant in Spain. She's like, she's like, I'm gonna start golfing, and I was like, okay. And now that I'm thinking about it, like it kind of combines a lot of what we're talking yeah, it about. Does. It does, like, and the normally nice places, nature. Yeah. You get to wear like. Dodgy trousers, do you know? Yeah, yeah. Let's get drunk. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Uh, I I was going to say, guys, I need to. Have you heard of Harrison Ward and Fell Foodie? Um, So he he basically combines like uh, talking about mental health, hiking, Mm. cooking outdoors, all into one. That sort of. Yeah, his his platform is all about kind of taking care of yourself mm. and experiencing the great outdoors. And you know, he's uh, had a really interesting sort of journey with his mental health. So 
if you guys want mm. me to introduce oh, you yes, to please. him, let yeah, me know. Yeah, please. Yeah, it sounds yeah. amazing. Yeah. That'd be great. It's definitely yeah. It's definitely yeah. Oh, yeah, guys, we've sure. had you. We've had you for over an hour now. It's been. It's been another feel, amazing I'm conversation. I'm like addicted to our conversations. I feel yeah, like so. it, should, it should just I be a regular catch-up. I can't wait till we meet in person one day. Yeah, yeah. We can. We real. can go golfing. Yeah. <laughs> Right, we can do you. crazy golf. I'm all over. I love crazy golf. golf. I, I'm so bad at putting, guys. I'm oh, so. Yeah, I can I drive. Drive. I can hit it further, but yeah, I can yeah. put. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Oh, I'm gonna get my pink check trousers. Yeah. This is it. Oh, I love it. And the the hats with the the bows on and the bows the the thing. Exactly. Have a lovely to talk to you. Let's um. Let's definitely uh. Let's definitely meet up yeah, in the in the not yeah. too distant future. Amazing, yeah. and we'll have to have you on our podcast. Yeah, oh, love to, yeah, of course. Yeah, love to. Okay. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you. Have a lovely evening. Take care, ladies. See you, guys. Take Bye. care. Bye. This is the mouth. This is Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.